0: Thank you for joining us. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. <coughs> And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we'll be visiting with Steve Fowler. Steve is a research specialist with the United Way of Southwestern Pennsylvania. And he holds a master's degree in social and comparative analysis in education from the University of Pittsburgh. And he has worked in nonprofit and advocacy since 2005, and he's currently developing a conceptual framework for the social construct of disability. Steve currently lives in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania with his new seeing-eye dog, Harry. And Steve is going to visit with us today about how he decided to get a seeing-eye dog and his experience with his new adorable partner, Harry So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Steve Fowler and Harry to the show. Sit, stay We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
1: Do you know that moment when your dirty dog's about to jump in your nice clean car? You
0: can avoid all the cleanup and mess with a 4k9C cover. 4K9s makes heavy-duty seat covers and cargo liners that will blend seamlessly with the interior of your vehicle. You can find us at 4K9s.com, that's the number 4-K-N-I-N-E-S.com, or on Amazon.com. 4K9s makes nothing but the best for your best friend. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. It's my pleasure to welcome two awesome guests today, and that is Steve Fowler and his new Seeing Eye dog, Harry. Hello, Steve, and welcome.
1: Hi, Marcy. It's good to be here.
0: Yeah, well, I'm so excited because you have so much to share with us today about your new dog, Harry.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's uh, interesting Marcy, we connected because I had found a a webinar that you had done previously and I had a lot of questions about getting a first service dog and what to expect and you said to me, honestly, I wish that I had asked those questions. So you and I decided that it would be a good idea for me to maybe come on and share my experiences. And that's what we're here to do.
0: Absolutely. Yes, because it is a huge major life decision to get any kind of working dog, as you and I talked about. I mean, it really changes your life. And, and so tell us, Steve, how did you really make that decision
1: to get your first dog? You know, it really wasn't an easy decision. I had began to lose my sight when I was 17 and went through various orientation and mobility training leading up to using a uh, white cane. And I found that um, in addition to the cane getting stuck and me getting jabbed in the gut one too many times, they would also get stuck and break and I found that people really treat you differently when you have a cane. I started to notice it when I was working in the disability community that people with service dogs were seen as interesting. People wanted to talk to them. Everybody, I'm sure you get this. People, you know, notice you immediately and want to talk to you. Whereas with the cane, I found people sort of avoided me and didn't want to look at me. So it was largely a combination of social and uh, practical reasons that led me to decide to get a dog.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that because, you know, way back in the day when I was going to get my first service dog, that's what people tried to talk me out of. And they tried to tell me that, you know, oh, you'll be seen as more disabled if you have a dog. But I have to say that has not been my experience. I'm with you, Steve, that people are much more readily approachable to me. They will come up to me and talk to me about Whistle and not about me. They're not nearly as intimidated. So I'm so glad for you to say that. And I mean, come on, Steve. These adorable dogs are way better than a cane. You got to admit. I mean, they're they're awesome.
1: (laughs) I think that it speaks to our social fabric that, you know, they say dogs are man's best friend. And when you think of a cane, you think of an ailment. So I think it really does speak to our view of durable medical equipment. And it's funny that, that they call it medical equipment because it's just something to get around with. Yet here's a dog, something that's been so essential to our development as a society. I just think that it's a natural fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about the application process for you. How did you decide to go with Seeing Eye?
1: This would probably be the first of a list that I call things that I did not expect or knew nothing about. I honestly did not know where to start. So I hopped on Google and I had always referred to guide dogs as seeing eye dogs, which I think is a testament to the uh, branding and advocacy efforts of the seeing eye. (laughs) They are the oldest guide dog school in North America. So they've been around the longest. I believe since 1929, they're in Morristown, New Jersey. And looking at their program, it just really looked like they, they had a top-to-bottom approach from medical and breeding through training, development. It just seemed like a really good place to start. But it took months to get the application done. It was an extensive process. And I think that that speaks to how they pair you with a the dog. They really evaluate your lifestyle, talk to your references, look at your needs, assess you before you even meet the dog, and then, you know, it's a 26-day process to get training. Um, it's very intensive, but overall I'd say that it was the best decision that I could have made was to go with the CNI.
0: Yeah. And that is such a critical decision, you know, of which agency really fits your needs the most. And I was curious, you know, because we always think of assistance dogs, the first ones we think of are guide dogs or seeing eye dogs. And so, I Mm -hmm. wondered how long, so you said the process was a few months. How long really was it, Steve, from the time that you applied until you started the 26-day training?
1: I started applying in the beginning of October of 2014 and got notification that I was accepted into the class at the end of April. It was, actually, it was all my birthday. It was April 16th. It was wow. a good birthday present. Yes, yeah. that but was. But it's funny because they gave me they gave me two weeks heads up to get there. They said, "You've been accepted. Congratulations. You can join the May class on May 1st." I was like, "Oh, Oh, that's a <laughs> that's a little bit of a short. Notice, my goodness! Um, well, wow,
0: that's yeah. With your career, your job, I mean, how was yeah. that for you to try to to make that quick date?
1: I am lucky to work for a very progressive organization in the United Way. My department, my staff, my coworkers were all very very supportive. They said, Steve. Take all the time you need, do what you have to do. We can talk a little bit later about some of the nuts and bolts of making it work. I mean, I was, I saw that (laughs) I was lucky to get paid during my time, and it was having to do short-term disability claims. And when I got to school, I found that that was not the case with all of my peers. But they were very supportive, and they gave me the time to go and get hairy.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, because so many people struggle with that, you know, and that's one of the things for me that I've had to look at is, you know, looking at programs where I could actually do my training at home or locally so that I can continue working because that is difficult for a lot of people with disabilities to leave our jobs and our homes.
1: This was a dormitory-style, intensive live with the dog. We were kind of on lockdown. We couldn't go anywhere without the staff, but it's part of the really establishing that bond, and I think that that's really made a huge difference in these first couple months with Harry.
0: Yeah, well, tell us about that. I mean, how many people were in your training class with you?
1: I think, uh, I believe I was one of 23, and they broke us down into groups. There were people there who had been on their seventh dog. There were people who were on their first dog. I was among five first-time dog owners, so we had a lot of similar experiences to share. Come I met up. some really interesting people. I, you know it's, I'd never really met anybody that, that had a vision impairment before other than my mom. So uh, really seeing the spectrum gave me a whole lot of perspective.
0: Yeah, that sounds, you know, you think about people think that people with disabilities, we all hang out together when, in fact, we don't. (laughs) So, I I
1: think it's it's, a lump sum (laughs) argument. You know, I'm seeing more and more with Harry that uh, when you have a guide dog, people assume that you cannot see anything, Mm-hmm. and i i have low vision and progressive degenerative vision so i'm still fortunate to maintain a fair amount of vision in my one sighted eye so it Good. is interesting to see people's interaction with me
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I know, even though I'm a wheelchair user, if I wear sunglasses, and I have whistle with me, people automatically think that I'm blind as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, we people have all these different perceptions. We all do, right? So you can't see Harry, then you you are able to see him a little bit.
1: Yeah, I can make out his if he's up real close to me, I can see his face. But thankfully, he's a he's a black dog. So he either stands out or he (laughs) blends in quite
0: well. (laughs) Well, he is so adorable because you did share an amazing photo with me that we will share with our listeners. So tell us about Harry and what it was like to meet him for the first time.
1: I was uh, kind of a unique situation. Um, I mentioned earlier that I was accepted into the May class, but ended up not going until June. It turns out that Harry was available for placement in the May class as a dog candidate. They sort of do like a dog draft three days Mm -hmm. in after they've evaluated all the students. They sit down. And it is kind of like the NFL draft. You know, Harry's going to go to Steve (laughs) and then other trainers talk about it. But uh, Harry did not get placed in the May class and he was available for the June class. So I like to think that it was kind of meant to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He Uh, was waiting on you. Absolutely.
1: He was trained by someone who was not continuing as the guide dog trainer. And what I noticed was a lot of my peers had issues sort of reworking the bond from trainer to assigned guide dog owner. (laughs) Uh, A lot of the dogs had trouble. Well, I say trouble. It just was a bit of a transition time between learning to listen to the owner and learning to listen to the trainer. Well, Harry's trainer wasn't there, so he immediately formed an attachment to me.
0: Oh, that was good for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it he was a little
1: unsure funny. about me in the beginning, you know. They uh like I said, we were there for three days before we even met the dogs. And so they had us in our rooms and they brought the dogs to us and he was sorta of not sure what to think of me. But I got down on the floor and just kinda like had that initial hey, meet and greet. But <laughs> it's funny, I I took a picture of him and <laughs> The picture of when I first met him, I'll have to send you. It's him in his harness, and he's kind of like not sure what to think. You know, compared to a picture of him now, he's, you know, he's fully confident and ready to go.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So when they brought him to you, did he stay with you at that point, or did they take him back?
1: He was at my side from then on. Anywhere I went, Harry went. I mean, Mm -hmm. they have a very, like, we were not supposed to interact with other people's dogs,
0: Mm -hmm. pet them
1: or anything, really, so that the dogs learn that they get food, they get affection, they get permission to go to the bathroom from only us.
0: Yeah, so he depends on you as much as you depend on him, right?
1: Absolutely. Plus, I think it's... Speaks to the pack mentality of the dogs. They um, respond to an alpha, and alpha brings the food. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you know?
0: right, right, right.
1: Alpha gives the love.
0: Mm -hmm. You're everything. You're fun. You're food. You're all those things Mm -hmm. that they need, which is just so beautiful. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and continue talking with Steve Fowler about his wonderful experience with his new seeing eye dog, Harry. So come right back after these quick messages. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. Front paw sleeves and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over ten years. Talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. We're visiting today with Steve Fowler and Harry, his new seeing-eye dog. And before the break, we were talking about Steve as you were meeting Harry and you guys were starting to bond. So tell us, so you were talking about, and I just love this, how working dogs are so dependent on their human partners. So tell us about, so you were there at the school for 26 days. So how did you transition to go home with
1: Harry? You know, it was kind of a very abrupt. They dropped me and Harry at the airport, and it was like, okay, this is real now.
0: (laughs) Wow. Um,
1: Yeah, it was like, now it's time. Now the dogs had been to the airport and on a plane and all that before, and it was, uh, (laughs) they sat us in the the seat right next to the engine, so he got a real exposure to a flying, taking-off airplane. He was a little uncertain about what to think. Um, Yeah. You know, he thought it was really uncertain when it started shaking, but mm-hmm. he laid down on my feet and then the person next to us feet,
0: <laughs> 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 which is which interesting.
1: You know, in the beginning, I was very apologetic for Harry, like, oh, I'm sorry if he puts his head on you. And I forget that most people think that it's adorable.
0: Yeah, they do. Yeah, most people do. um,
1: I just worry about that one instance where the person's going to uh, not like dogs, and that's my big fear when we're out and about.
0: Yeah, and I can tell you, I have had that more than once, and you'll get through it. It's not pleasant, but you definitely will encounter people that, for different reasons, have fears or insecurities or just, yeah, it's unfortunate, but you'll get through it.
1: Yeah, I actually had my first refusal of service the other day. I was going along fine thinking, all right, the world is a very accepting place. <laughs> and, then, yeah. uh, and then I called for a ride share and the driver showed up and said, no, you can't bring your dog in my car. And I had reached out to the ride share company and said, hey, you know, this is a fuzzy area because, yes, it is a public service, but it's used to private property. People use their cars to drive other people. So Mm -hmm. it's a gray area of legislation. But the company assured me, you know, it's our policy that the drivers take all service animals and we're happy to do it. Well, one thing led to another, and I just didn't feel like fighting that day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I find
1: that uh, that's the second item on the list of things that I did not anticipate. And that is I have to decide every day how much do I feel like educating the world (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, you're right. You're right. I can tell you.
1: (laughs) Some days I am Mr. Explanation. I am let's teach the world. Other days I'm like, I just want to read my email and not talk about dogs. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> or yeah, I, I get or yeah.
1: enlighten people to the, don't pet my dog, please let right. him work. Yeah.
0: Right. It's so true. It's so true. You do have to just pick the times when you're willing to address it and not. I know sometimes I just act like I have blinders on and I just want to get through the grocery store, you know, when people yeah. are, they are so curious and they are so adorable that, you know, it is hard to resist. But sometimes I, I just act like I don't see anybody. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd never get your groceries and get home.
1: My anonymity is gone. <laughs> yeah,
0: forget it. Yeah, and the ability will start to blend Harry. in and
1: carry on yeah. is not possible.
0: No, anyway. no, you're now with a rock star. Those days are over. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep everybody were- knows
1: Harry. <laughs> yep,
0: yep, I know. That is your new life now. That's right. You're with the celebrity. Well, tell us about <laughs> what it was like going back to work with
1: Harry. You know, my coworkers were really great. I did not anticipate the outpouring of support that we got. They treat him like he's one of the team, you know. They got him a nice, comfortable bed that he could sleep on. My coworker was like, oh, hey, I just bought him this, you know... Nice bowl. We noticed that he's drinking water out of the other bowl. And it's, it, you know, it, it's been great. He sleeps. I had no idea that dogs could sleep as much as he does.
0: Yeah, yeah, they need that. Yeah.
1: When they were placing me with my dog, I told them that I needed a dog that was going to be as comfortable sitting and doing nothing for three hours as it was getting up and going. And uh, that is Harry to a T.
0: Oh, that's wonderful! I like to
1: joke. I had a coworker's kid say, "What's Harry's favorite game?" And I said, "Harry's favorite game is nap." <laughs>
0: Well, you know, that's really hard for these dogs because I think mean, that's a great point that they do have to be so on top of their game at certain points. And then for people like you and I that work, that, yes, they have to be very calm and lay down and be still and appropriate in an office environment. And that's hard for these guys sometimes.
1: Yeah. he will start snoring uh, sometimes <laughs> or... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing the dreaming where he's chasing rabbits. And it'll be right in the middle of a meeting. And
0: <laughs> of course. Of course. Well, mm-hmm. tell us about some of the other unanticipated changes. I mean, it's so great to hear you talk about how you're incorporating Harry into your life. But what are some other things that you didn't anticipate? Maybe with friends or family?
1: Yeah. I did not anticipate how much it was going to affect my partner. Um, you know, I had dealt with what we call cultural microaggressions for a long time and it's just kind of like one of those things where you let it roll off your back. Uh, The most common one that I get is people assume that because I can't see very well, I also can't hear very well and they (laughs) talk louder and slower. And I mean, I like to call it a a benevolent force behind (laughs) it because they mean well, they're not trying to oppress me, but... In its own way, it does kind of perpetuate the negative association of people with disabilities. And these are, you know, my colleagues and friends sometimes even will forget, like, hey, I just can't see very well. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, but she, uh, she was not anticipating the attention that we were going to get when we're out in public. And, you know, oh, he's, he's so good. And, you know, she called it the, the spectacle, and she meant, well, when she said this, but the spectacle of of the animal that, that's not common. And, yeah. You know, another thing is the, uh, <laughs> you know, having to decide if I want to take Harry somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. Jessica and I are going to the Dominican Republic, and I reached out to their <laughs> minister of disability affairs who told me very bluntly that I could, probably would not want to bring Harry to the Dominican Republic. That hotels and everything, that culturally it's not quite as progressive as it is here in the United States.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is something that you have to think about in every aspect of your life, work life, vacation life. Yeah, Yeah. I'm actually looking at that myself right now for Belize and looking at Mm. if I can take my dog. And and I've been told some of the same things that probably not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which yeah, is, but, it's hard you know, to it'll hear. it give him an opportunity to to take a vacation, I guess. So the, right, that's what I was gonna worry say. About He'll what g- effect is gonna be? You know, well, and what will you what will this. you
0: do with them? Mm-hmm. Who will who will take care of
1: Harry while you're gone? This is a pretty hard decision. I thought about how much do I want to keep his routine. How much do I want to have him, you know, be used to going to work? Should I ask a coworker to take care of him? And we decided that Harry would probably be best staying with a friend of ours mm-hmm. who he knows and. Prior to leaving for a week, we were going to let him stay for like a day or two. So he learns hey, this is a fun place where I can get attention from little girls. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have any kids, so Harry's kind of like not, doesn't quite know what to make of children, except that they're sticky and they taste good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, that sounds great. I mean, that's a really responsible way to look at it and thinking about what's best for Harry and, and planning ahead. So, I mean, those are all the really good things that, that we all have to think about when we, we need other people to care for our, our assistance dogs. I know I, I was filling out the paperwork, and, and it was cute. My agency actually asked me to list a godmother and godparents for my assistance dog, and I thought that was so <laughs> cute. And I was like, but that's right, that's and it's funny. other people that could take care of him if, if something happened, which I thought was so cute to think of it as godparents.
1: Yeah, you know, my big fear is that if I get hurt or something, you know, I had to ask very, very real, like, if I get hurt and and incapacitated, what happens to the dog? Because my big fear is that I'm going to get hit by a car, they're going to take me in an ambulance and just leave poor Harry in the gutter. But
0: yeah, yeah,
1: um, I was told that that is not going to happen, that they're not going to just leave him. But, you know, I have a in case of emergency doggy number so that I know that he can get medical attention. That's awesome. It's kind of like having a perpetual two-year-old.
0: It is. (laughs) It absolutely is. (laughs) That's a great way to look at it, but I I just love how you're so proactive, Steve, how you're really thinking about these things and and really trying to make sure that Harry's best interests are addressed. You seem like a really good partner to Harry, which is just awesome.
1: Yeah, we always had dogs growing up. We had smart dogs, too. We had a Border Collie that was, the second most smartest dog, Harry's probably the smartest dog I've ever met, but yeah, you know, I was used to dealing with how to train a dog with a high level of intelligence, how to you know correct and redirect if they're doing something that you don't want them to do. You know, I did not quite understand what I was signing up for because I thought that the dog was always in guide dog mode. I did not anticipate that when his harness is off, it's silly dog time. <laughs>
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and Harry, you know, it's funny. When we we get home at night, I take his harness off, I hang it up, and then he looks at me. He's like, am I good? Can I go? And then he runs over to what I call his treasure chest. Uh, He doesn't like to play with toys. He just likes to carry them around. And he gets out all his toys and plays around. And people are surprised, too, when his harness is on and off, the difference in his mentality.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's like night and day. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: really is. Like his focus is totally different. And uh, I did not expect there to be that dichotomy to his personality. I kind of expected, you know, I'd heard stories about police dogs, how they're zombies, how they, you know, train the dogs to do neurotic things. But, you know, I was very, very, very misinformed going into it. So I'm glad that I was able to learn and share my experiences.
0: Yeah. Well, it's been so great to visit with you today. And I just love hearing about your experience. And I'm so proud of you for taking this big leap and for enhancing your life and Harry's life. And I have to ask you our our final question today is, okay, now based on everything you know, what do you wish that someone would have told you?
1: Oh, wow. Okay. You know, in my head, I had an answer to this question (laughs) because I knew it was coming. But I would have to say that right now, I would probably say I wish somebody had told me to just not have expectations, you know, let your relationship with your dog develop. Let it be what it is. And most importantly, and I learned this the other day, don't expect too much from your dog, just like you shouldn't expect too much from yourself. It's going to take time to ease into this. You know, some days I get uh, frustrated with myself or, you know, that, that things aren't where I want them. And then I remember, you know, it's just going to take time to really adjust and get into the groove.
0: Yeah, that's so well said. I mean, that's really it. And I know I think we overthink things and we worry about things. But really, it's just an incredible gift that we're given with these dogs. And enjoy every second of it. And it sounds like that's what you you and Perry are doing.
1: Yeah, you know, in the back of my mind I am aware of the fact that Harry is not gonna live forever and that he that this is temporary and that yeah. I really do need to enjoy my time that I have with him because I just feel like I'm gonna turn around and we're both gonna be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think you guys have some adventures ahead of yourself before that's an issue
1: absolutely and you know i just try and i just try and be mindful and appreciative of what i have here you know i yeah when that time comes they told me that he'll let me know and all know that it's time yeah. for him to retire so and yeah, you know i firmly believe he that he'll let me know
0: Yeah, he will. He will. Yeah, but you guys have a lot of wonderful days together, and we want you to come back and tell us more about your adventures and and your lessons learned as you go through this process and this adventure together. Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve and Harry, for being with us. And thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love to hear from you. So please keep those emails coming. And you can always email us at marcie, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Working Like WorkingLikeDogs and WorkingLikeDogs.com. So thanks so much. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLightRadio.com.